1: By developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.
2: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of WrestleMomics Radio. I'm Brandon Thurston, broadcasting live and on demand from Buffalo, New York, where today it's Sunday January 16th, 2022, we have many revelations to make today, many things to reveal, many announcements to make. Uh, But first, I'm joined from my immediate south, uh, advanced placement history uh, student, number one Bills fan, Chris Cole. Hello.
0: Uh,
3: It's great to be here. And uh, yeah, well, we will talk a little uh, history uh in today's episode we have a huge show as we're it's gonna be one subject but we're gonna go from a lot of angles we're going to break down the lawsuit that mlw filed against WWE, but we're going to break down all the aspects of it who's involved timeline details and much more on this sunday morning edition here if you're watching us on youtube of nomics radio
2: we're going to take the um the new york times the daily approach today and try to focus on one subject and go as in-depth as possible um so i, I guess that unfortunately that means that we won't be talking about self-mutilation today <laughs> as uh the the toronto star published an article with a statement from wwe referring to uh the december 31st rampage episode containing the match the was it tay conti and um Anna J, no, yes, Anna J versus the... Bucky it was a tag and matchup. And Penelope Ford match where they bled quite a bit. Uh, self-mutilation. Anyway, <clears throat> uh, we have things to reveal. Um, I've, I've joined the men's hair club. My head is now shaved. So there's that. This is, uh... You know, I'm starting to, uh... Age has many indignities and I'm starting to uh, suffer them. So, we'll see how this goes. I did have my head shaved in, um march was march well it was early in the pandemic um nobody really saw that then so so i figured might as well um but then i decided to grow my hair back but now i don't know i'm getting older so trying this again we'll see how it goes um but also we have a big announcement in the world of russell nomics is that we have you'll you'll notice if you're watching on youtube chris gull is not wearing his usual bow tie Usually he's the no. Tucker, he's the Tucker Carlson. Tucker Carlson doesn't <laughs> wear the bow tie anymore. But but long time uh, CNN viewers will remember the days when Tucker Carlson used to wear a bow tie, not on Fox News, on CNN.
3: But anyway, he's wearing. That's the only thing I have in common with Tucker Carlson.
2: <laughs> anyway, you're
3: you. What are you wearing today, Chris? Gallo? I am wearing the brand new WrestleNomics T-shirt, as you oh, can wow. see here, Wow. in this wonderful gray design. But it also comes in a white T-shirt. It as does, well.
2: it does. That looks fabulous on you. I'm going to uh, momentarily un- undo this. I-, I have the white, the white version. I'm going to, I'm going to reveal this like Superman here, like uh, Clark Kent and Superman. We have T-shirts that are now on I don't know if we can see it here. There's the white version. Now on store.postwrestling.com where you can get you can get not just that, but mugs too. You get t-shirts, the white or the gray, whatever size. You get the mugs, which we have here. The mugs. Yep. Um the the logo on the front, the W Wrestlingomics logo. Uh our version has it the, the version that Customers will get will be even better. We've enhanced the outline uh, relative to the ones that we're actually holding, but on the other side, on the back side, the information that everyone wants to have handy every morning when they enjoy their coffee or whatever beverage it is that you choose to, to drink out of this is the US TV Rights Agreement timeline. Now, finally, I know it's been a problem for for people uh, you know, across. Uh, the, the country and across the world that they haven't uh, had a handy uh, reminder, quick reference, if you will, of what is the U.S. TV rights timeline for WWE Raw, for WWE Smackdown, for AEW Dynamite. This is the most important uh, piece of information, really, in, in all the wrestling world, the biggest deals in, in uh all of the wrestling industry are of course the US TV rights deals and this mug will show you uh, when those deals expire the US TV rights timeline for Raw SmackDown AW Dynamite uh right right there I'll show it to the camera here this is this is mine Golo has it as well so yes. you can get those on the Post Wrestling Store store dot I'm sorry. Where is the logo? Where is the URL? Store.post Right now, right now, I believe they were scheduled to uh, be available at eleven a.m. Eastern. It is now eleven o seven a.m. Eastern, so those should be available to order at this very minute, minute. If you're listening to us live, and of course, if you're listening to us after, you can also get uh, all of your other post wrestling merchandise, including hats and beanies and and dad hats. And pom-pom... How, how do you say this word, though? Toke? Toke? A toke. 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 Yes, tokes. Yes. Yes, lots of other uh, post-wrestling merchandise now, as well as WrestleMomics t-shirts and WrestleMomics mugs. So we are very excited to announce that. And uh, big thanks to uh, post-wrestling, and especially to Wei for helping me set that up. So without any further ado... Got my my tie back on. I'm back in business here. What do you want to talk about
3: today? Well, we're going to talk about the lawsuit that was filed this week between MLW Media and World Wrestling Entertainment.
2: Yes. So this came out on Tuesday. I uh, got an email alert through my Scoops alert, which is some sort of, I forget exactly what it is or how I set it up, but I get an email when there's a World Wrestling, you know, search term a new case with world wrestling in it um so i have this complaint we we'd heard that there was alleged interference between ml the ml there was a, an mlw and B deal apparently which allegedly w in, interfered with i mean this is something that uh, sean ross Sapp reported on um i don't think all the parties were named in in Sean Ross Sapp's original report on the issue. But uh, you know, I had heard through the grapevine that this was MLW2B and WWE. So it wasn't a huge surprise that this litigation uh did come out and this lawsuit was filed. Um, but I had to start quickly reading this you know, 20-page complaint. Um so I wanted to make sure I was, you know, reading it and understanding it before reporting on it or anything like that. Um yeah. So, and then uh, MLW Public Relations got in touch with me. Um, we were given a press release that was embargoed until 9 a.m. the following day, but then Reuters just reported it. I, I, I guess uh, MLW PR didn't get in touch with Reuters. Um, so we so the story broke on Tuesday night. Um, I've written a summary of the complaint that you can find at patreon.com slash Russellnomics.com Uh, Sort of explaining the complaint in plain English. What does it say? What are the allegations here? We're going to talk through it as well today.
3: So, yeah, so we'll get right into it here. Uh, So uh, plaintiff MLW Media filed for its complaint uh, against defendant world wrestling entertainment. Number one, the action arises out of egregious efforts of professional wrestling company WWE to destroy its competitor MLW's business and maintain its dominance for the U.S. broadcasting market for professional wrestling by unlawfully interfering with MLW's access to media markets and wrestling talent. Number two. MLW, a professional wrestling company that generates cutting-edge professional wrestling content and sells broadcasting rights to that content, competes with other wrestling companies, including WWE, through locating and signing up-and-coming wrestling talent, promoting and selling tickets for live events, and broadcasting and licensing wrestling programs. And number three, WWE has dominated the U.S. market for wrestling broadcast content to the tune of 85% of the market. Since 2001, when it acquired its biggest competitor, world championship wrestling, maintaining its dominance through unfair and anti-competitive business practices, including poaching talent, misappropriating confidential information, interfering with co- competitors' contracts, and cutting off competitors' access to viewing audiences. So yes. they're definitely tying in some previous uh, stories there as well. Yes. Yes. So there's a number of
2: things that they're alleging here. Part, part of what they have to allege, we'll get into, is that they have to allege that uh, because it's an antitrust lawsuit, they have to allege that WB has market power, which I believe is similar to um, Monopoly power. We'll get into more of that So we talk about the Sherman Act and things of that nature. But we have highlighted here, um, WB has control of 85% of the pro wrestling market. Does that sound right to you, Chris
3: not in today's world and what market are we talking about? You know what I mean? Are we talking about globally or are we talking domestically? But I mean, pre AEW, there could be an argument for that. Yes.
2: Um, so what I have here is for the full year of 2021, uh, I have Google web search for 17 pro wrestling companies. Obviously it's not every pro wrestling company in the world. There's, Hundreds, if not thousands of those, uh, everything from small to big. But the, these are all the pro wrestling companies that are, I would say, highly recognizable to people who are listening to this program. Um, and it's – so for the last year, everybody's monthly average together, and it's 78% WWE. Um, that's not revenue. That's not – um any other form of actual business. It's just web search, but I think web search is a place to start. It it may inform what the market share is. If um in lieu of any other metrics, revenue would be ideal. Um, and we got major league wrestling. So 78% for WWE uh, in, of the web search in 2021, out of the, out of 17 pro wrestling companies, about 12% for AEW. That leaves 5% for New Japan. This is worldwide, by the way. And then 5% for all the others that I just arbitrarily selected, including Impact, Ring of Honor. I remember I put NWA in here, AAA, CMLL, um, several others, Stardom, Japanese wrestling companies, NOAA, and so forth. All Japan is in here. Yes, Dragon Gate, DDT. But MLW here out of this pie is, is taking about a quarter of a percent of the web search to give you an idea of how big MLW is relative to the total. uh, Maybe it's the total wrestling industry, but at least the total search activity perhaps. So, but that's web search. That's not really business. What about revenue? So I just did a rough estimate yesterday and figured, well, Let's roughly estimate how much revenue is being made. Um, This could be debated, but WB is making about $1.1 billion in 2021. We'll know for sure um, in a couple weeks, in a few weeks when they report, I believe on February 3rd. Uh, I think it's going to be about $1.1 billion. A lot of stock analysts are estimating similar. Um, And we already know what the first three quarters are. Anyway, AEW, i put at about $85 million. On the year, New Japan. Uh, we have Bushi Road reports that put the the sports division at I, th- I think it's thirty five, forty million dollars. So thirty million dollars, let's say for New Japan, and then I put Stardom in here. I don't know that Stardom is the fourth m- highest revenue generator, but because Stardom is included in that sports division, I can say maybe about five million for Stardom. And then to do the other section, I said, well, there's, you know, I did a quick look at cage match, cage match, not a complete record, but cage match, a a big piece uh, of, of of the wrestling events that have, that have happened in the year, have been recorded on cage match. I said, let's go about 10,000. There's less than 10,000 cage match, but I said about 10,000 global events. Uh, Let's multiply that by let's say 350 paid attendance is the average attendance. We could debate on whether that's aggressive or conservative but let's say average ticket price is thirty five dollars, so that would be substantially lower than the average WWE or AEW ticket price, which is about fifty five dollars. And we get to ten thousand times three hundred fifty times thirty five is one hundred and twenty five million dollars. That's live event revenue that doesn't belong to these other four companies. And then I and then I said, well, let's look at the YouTube revenue that might be being generated by all of these wrestling companies that are not those four companies. And I said, let's say about 2.2 billion views. I think I was looking at some social blade data. Uh, let's say 2.2 billion views with an RPM of $1.10. 10 that's two and a half million dollars. In addition to to the live event revenue. And let's say just the, the total sum of all the other media deals and consumer products, uh, sales and licensing sales. Uh, is another 25 million. This is highly speculative, but that gets me to 150 million outside of WAW, New Japan, and Stardom. That brings the total rough estimate you could debate a lot about this, but the rough estimate to about 1.4 billion dollars for the total pro wrestling industry in 2021. And 1.1 1. 1 billion out of 1.4 billion is just under 80%. I believe it's 78% or something like that. So <clears throat> that's and uh what have they got in the in the, in the complaint here 85 percent might be a little high uh it's not like egregiously off though so
3: yeah we'll talk about number four now uh in the lawsuit
2: with the popularity so these, of programs. these just real quick these numbers are just um we'll see a lot of these numbers repeated they're they're just paragraph numbers as people who may know who have read lawsuits um mm-hmm. it, it won't be important to, to name the uh, the paragraphs because we're going to be jumping all over just for the sake of a clear narrative. So go ahead.
3: So yeah, n- number four uh, uh claim here with the popularity of WWE's programming programs are declining over the last five years due to, among other things, inferior content WWE targeted MLW with an unlawful predatory conduct, including airing without authority, MLW wrestling footage, Inducing MLW wrestlers under exclusive contracts with MLW to terminate those contracts and encouraging MLW wrestlers to breach their contracts with MLW by disclosing MLW's confidential and propriety business information. Yes. So we'll get
2: more into some of those details. There's allegations that W interfered with uh with one of their talent, they poached talent and compelled one of their talent to uh, expose proprietary information that belongs to MLW. What I want to focus on for now, though, is this very first sentence. With the popularity of W's programs declining over the last five years um, due to, among other things, inferior content. Um, the case that they're building here is that, uh, along the lines of antitrust, I think, is that, look, this this product, they, they, the W... W is dominating the market, their product is declining in quality, and uh, they're charging people the same amount or whatever. So it's bad for the consumer, I think is, is, is sort of the conclusion that you draw or the reason why the, the Sherman Act exists. But anyway, with the popularity of these programs declining over the last five years, would you agree with that, Chris Gull? Is that a true accurate statement?
3: Uh, I would I mean if, if you look at uh, ratings, I would say absolutely ratings you you <laughs> anti WWE shill but that goes for everything you look at the st- ratings of blue bloods all tv is down <laughs> yeah what about are there any
2: other um any other metrics that we could point to to say hey maybe, maybe even tv aside that they have also been down on an annual basis for a number of years be, at least before the pandemic
3: live attendance
2: oh, can you think can you think of any uh, any, any Publication that has made this uh, a a point of emphasis on a number of occasions. Uh, I've I've liked to trot out this series of charts that shows um, in two years, in 2019, and 2020, raw declined worse than the rate of the top 50 non news cable programs uh, that W network uh, that that is in 2019, 2020. I think I just said that W network subscribers stagnated and, and actually fell after 2019 uh, to 2019 and then stagnated thereafter. Whereas I think you should have expected streaming subscriptions, uh, a growing form of media to otherwise grow that besides let's say you don't want to believe TV ratings. You don't want to believe, uh, you know, W network subs. Hey, they didn't go down that badly. Well, we could point to merchandise. We throw away the year of 2020 because that was, you know, heavily affected by the pandemic. But, uh, from 2017 to 2018 to 2019, uh, if any merchandise went down due to lower attendance, talk about that in a second. But yeah, also e-commerce sales. E-commerce sales of merchandise also declined during those years. Product licensing revenue declined from 2017 to 2018 to 2019 and also 2020. Maybe there's a, there's a pandemic effect there, but there's not a pandemic effect from 2017, 2018, 2019. Uh, attendance, ticket sales uh, went down from 2017 to 2018 to 2019. Of course, they went down in 2020. Uh, and that's both. That's worldwide. Worldwide attendance, and that's both average attendance and total attendance, went down in 2017, 2018, 2019. And then we can look at Google Web Search that's just been down on a consistent decline for WWE since 2016. So um, yes, I've often made the point that WWE's popularity has declined quite a bit in the last five years or so. So I would agree with that premise. So um, now what this lawsuit focuses on Other than the antitrust aspect is it alleges that uh, WB interfered uh, with a number of MLW media deals. Uh, Most importantly, the Tubi deal. Uh, So there's allegations about WB's alleged interference with the MLW deal with Tubi, with Vice TV, and even with Fight, the the streaming pay-per-view provider, Fight. So we will... Discuss those things, but we're going to discuss uh, W's market power as well. So I don't know why I put those logos there, but anyway, let's talk about market power.
3: Yeah, well, let's talk about market power here. Uh, W's estimated uh, annual total revenue for t- 2020 in North America was over 764 million. By contrast, AEW's estimated revenue was 64 million, less than 10% of WB's. Uh, number 22 in the suit, the combined average annual value of WWE's US TV rates for its programs, WWE Raw and WWE SmackDown alone is $470 million. By contrast, the average annual event, uh, value of AEW's US TV rates for its most popular program, Dynamite, is just $43.8 million. Uh, Next, uh, number 23 here, WWE SmackDown, WWE Raw and WWE NXT together average over $4.7 million US television viewers per episode in 2020 with an average ratings in the important 18 to 49 demographic of 0.575 0.5075 and 0.206 respectively by contrast aw dynamite's average 810,755 u.s television viewers per episode in 2020 with an average rating of 0.344 in the 18 to 49 year demographic and impact average 154,000. Uh, 38 U.S. television viewers per episode in 2020 with an average rating of 0.03 in that demographic. Yes.
2: So let's run through a fact check here. Uh, AEW's estimate. So the revenue from of 2020 in North America was over 764 million. That sounds about right. I don't know if that's in their filings. I don't know that they actually break it down by region anymore, but they made just under a billion. I do. It's 974 million dollars in 2020. Um AEW's estimated revenue was sixty four million dollars. Is that accurate?
3: In twenty twenty, I don't know. Has anybody reported that? Uh, not that I know of. Hmm. Let's see. Let's see
2: if I can find any any uh, any uh, re- reporting to back that up here. Let's see here. If I go to the the Industry Report and I uh, I scroll and scroll to the uh, I think it's in here, the finances section. Uh Let's see. Company finances. And there we have AEW, 64 million dollars is what I estimated for 2020. So, yes, I think there's some some wrestlenomics being relied on here for this for this uh complaint. Um so the uh 470 million dollars for Ron Smackdown, 43.8 million for AEW Dynamite. Uh those are I I don't know if I would phrase it AW Dynamite at this point because Rampage is not included in that. Uh who knows when this was written. But those are, I think, well established public facts. Um the uh the seventy I'm sorry, four point seven million dollars across Raw SmackDown NXT. That's that's all. I would agree with that. I I checked the the spreadsheet. Um and then we've got uh these demos, they line up close, close enough. Um, The impact numbers too, I think are being, uh, I think there's, there's Russellomics being cited here too, because I don't know that those are being reported anywhere else uh, for the impact doing, you know, averaging 154,000 viewers and a 0.03 in the demo. So, so there's that. Uh, There are no footnotes here saying where this information has gotten from, but maybe in the future there will be, we'll see. But anyway, so that all sounds about right. Uh, Again, this is part of MLW having to make the argument that WB has market power, monopoly power.
3: All right. Um, We did get a couple super chats uh, here. Uh, Back to the antitrust. Tim B., uh, thank you for your super chat. Uh, He asked, uh, correct me, correct if wrong, but antitrust lawsuits are ironically three times the damages by law.
2: I would have to ask. I've I've talked to – I've been in touch with – three different lawyers and then just showed him the complaint and got some thoughts. Uh that was not mentioned, but I will check on that.
3: Thank you CB. and since we're on a, since we're on this topic of programming, our team machine uh gave a super chat and asked Do you guys watch WWE weekly programs like Raw, NXT, SmackDown? And also, do you guys watch Impact Wrestling? I could say for myself, I don't watch weekly. A lot of times I will catch up on my content on YouTube. <laughs> I'll see what happened. What did I miss?
2: Um I put it on sometimes. I will put on raw on mute sometimes. Um not every week, some weeks, yeah, NXT and Smackdown similar. Um I will put on Dynamite and Rampage and usually watch more of those than especially without the mute uh without mute
3: on. So, thank you for the super chat. By the way, you guys are great on YouTube. Lots of conversation uh, happening between the uh, listeners too. So very busy morning here at uh, Nomics. Cool.
2: So Tubi, we'll talk about Tubi next and, and what exactly MLW alleges happened between itself, Tubi, and WWE. Tubi, what, what is Tubi, Chris Gull? It's one of your favorite streaming services, I know. So <laughs> so, so tell us all about it.
3: To so be a streaming service, um, for the most part, it's a lot of older TV shows and movies. Uh, but it, it you know, it was rec- you know, recently acquired by Fox. Uh, and there's yeah, there's ads. So, like, you know, if you watch like an old pro, like, I uh, use for example Santa with Muscles is on there. Mm. So, if you watch Santa, you're gonna get in Hulk Hogan, you're Hulk. gonna get interrupted with ads, yes, multiple times. It's one of uh, the fast for,
2: for that one of the fast streaming services. What does fast stand for in this context?
3: Uh, that I do not know.
2: Free ad supported streaming television. Um, that makes sense. What What are some other fast streaming services? Uh, Pluto TV. Pluto TV. You could argue that Peacock uh, is there's a there's you don't have to pay to watch Peacock to an extent. Crackle. Cra- oh, Crackle.
3: Is it? Yeah, I believe so. I know it's free, and I believe there's ads, yeah. Okay. So is there – you actually use Tubi? I have before. I don't use it on a daily basis, but it's there. It's on my Roku. Roku TV is another one, by the way. Um, But it's uh, it, it's it's on my Roku, and what I do is, like, if I'm trying to find, like, an obscure movie or television show, I'll go to justwatch.com. You type it in, and sometimes Tubi TV is the only thing that holds it. Boom, click Tubi. There you go. Um.
2: Is there a live linear stream on Tubi or is it only video on demand?
3: I I believe. I mean, last time I checked, I believe it's only on demand, but it may be like a lot of those fast channels where they have like those streams of like the news channels and stuff like that going. But I'm not sure.
2: Because there's, there's an aspect related to NXT here, that the notion that the show is going to be happening on Tuesday night that we'll get into in a moment. But anyway, yes, Tubi is owned by Fox. Uh, Fox acquired it in March 2020 for $440 million, according to this report that we're referencing from The Wrap. Um, <clears throat> and then we have the narrative from the complaint here uh, where uh, MLW starts to explain what it alleges happened between uh, MLW and uh Tubi and and uh and wb um so fox we should point out let me make clear i'm sure just about everybody's aware but the there's a relationship you know fox owns Tubi. wb has a relationship with fox as we know because it's the broadcaster' smackdown so so tell us what what uh what mlw alleges here
3: Before I do, yes, Tubi does, much like Pluto, have like a bunch of channels like Bloomberg and there's a Fox Sports channel and whatnot that has uh, live streaming uh, going on. Um, But, yeah, so uh, WWE pressures Tubi to terminate its contract with MLW. On July 22nd, 2021. MLW entered into a lucrative deal with Tubi, an ad-supported streaming service owned by Fox, to air MLW programs documented in a license agreement. Under the license agreement... Um, And then we have that blocked up. The lease agreement was valid and enforceable in the state of California, where Tubi is headquartered. California is also home to two of the largest national media markets, the Los Angeles and San Francisco Bay area media markets, which together compromise the largest media market in the United States. Okay.
2: So there's a lot of talk here about California. This lawsuit, which we haven't pointed out yet is filed in the Northern district of California. So it, MLW is attempting to sue WB in California. Uh, and to argue that it's justifiable that they're suing them there, there's, first of all, 2B is headquartered in California. So that's the most obvious reason. But they're also mentioning how important it would be for them to be in these big media markets of, of LA and San Francisco. Um, what we're going to see is, in all likelihood, first, WB responds by motioning to dismiss, by saying, you know, that the, the, This isn't, uh, these aren't good allegations. And then they're probably going to motion to change the venue. Uh, One lawyer I talked to believes that it's very favorable for MLW to have this, uh, this lawsuit litigated in California, because the, you know, in California, uh, the judges will be more liberal. There may be, you know, it's going to be easier for MLW to argue all the things that it's going to argue here uh, if it's in California. W will try to get the case moved to perhaps Delaware, where both WB and MLW are incorporated. Many major corporations like to be incorporated in Delaware. I think just for you know business reasons. I think there's favorable there's favorable right regulations there or lack thereof. Um
3: they may banking capital of the United States. Is it is that what's happening there?
2: Yeah. yeah. They, they they could motion even to move it to Connecticut, where of course W is headquartered, where I think W's had a lot of success moving um when they've been able to move lawsuits to Connecticut uh, or even New York, which is where MLW is, is located. Um, So yeah, I I will expect much litigation over where this lawsuit should be, uh, should be further argued.
3: So moving on more, more on the Tubi story. So, Number forty-one here in the suit, uh, the license agreement had a profound impact on MLW's business, greatly increasing the company's valuation, strength, and in it, its brand, strengthening of its brand recognition, including among viewers of Fox Television and NFL football, and making the company more attractive to new wrestling talent. To be benefited because it would have new modern wrestling, profe- new modern professional wrestling content on its platform. Number 42. After the license agreement was executed, MLW began preparing two live events, including a fusion wrestling performance that was set for September 11, 2021. In preparation for the to-be-televised event, MLW rented space at the Nitex Sports Center. The second live event was scheduled to take place in Mexico for an Azteca wrestling performance. Number 43, MLW also took st- other steps to prepare to be programming, including hiring staff for MLW's Azteca Underground series, hiring editors, a public relations agency, and a marketing consultant, s- signing several new wrestlers, and increasing salaries. MLW all- also ceased all other talks with other potential partners in mid July 2021. And then
2: the rest of the, of the sentence is finished, to our view, with these black bars. What are those about, Chris
3: Uh That has know? to have been <laughs> that That I do not know, but I'm you, assuming Chris some Gullo, other part of you,
2: You've been with us for almost a year. This is your first. This is a big moment. This is your first encounter of a redaction. Congratulations. Uh it's explained. There's a there's a separate filing here explaining why they want certain things redacted because there's they they argue there's trade secrets and proprietary information that they want to protect. Um, they ref- I would guess that they're referring to another non-party media partner that they ceased uh, having negotiations with that you know, plausibly they would have continued to negotiate with, had they not been making a deal with Tubi. any guesses what what that company might be, would be purely speculation on our part, but perhaps to zone. Um, now um, the other, other things in here that I think are interesting is uh, this, this sentence about uh, strengthening its brand recognition on Fox television and NFL football. Uh, are we to believe that MLW was promised that because it was making a deal with Tubi that on Fox, nfl broadcasts mlw would be promoted somehow um maybe i find that that would be surprising if that was really gonna happen but uh, there's that and then there's uh, there's all these descriptions of all the things that they did because they thought they were making a deal with tubi they booked the nitex sports center which is in the dallas fort worth area for an event that ended up being canceled um and look, they hired all of these people. They spent all this money because they thought they were going to make a deal with Tubi. Things were going to be great. They were, uh, you know, they were going to do this show on September 11th. So moving on into the real drama.
3: Yeah, here we go. Number 44. In advance of the highly anticipated September 11, 2021 launch date, Tubi and MLW agreed to issue a joint press release on August 10th, 2021 to an- announce the party's new agreement. Uh next point here 45 prior to 2B and MLW issuing the joint release WWE learned learned about the terms and existence of the license agreement on or about August 9 2021 WWE executive Stephanie McMahon spoke with the 2B executive located in California about the license agreement Ms McMahon initially pressured the 2B executive to deny MLW a time slot that would compete head to head with WWE's NXT programs on Tuesday night but Ms. McMahon ultimately pressured the Tubi executive and other senior executives at Fox to terminate the agreement in its entirety. Tubi's affiliate Fox could lose WWE's business or preferred content if Tubi did not acquiesce to WWE's demand and terminate its agreement with MLW. On August 9, 2021, the night before a planned press release about the night Tubi... About the 2B MLW deal, as a result of WB's pressure and interference, MLW received a letter uh, perpetrated to terminate the license agreement. Uh, Number 46 here, thus, with wanton, reckless disregard of MLW's rights and antitrust laws, WB intentionally and unlawfully interfered with the performance of the license agreement and procured its termination. That purposely directed its communications to Tubi in California in order to disrupt MLW's relationship with Tubi and to cut off MLW's access to and competition in major national media markets. Once again, sorry if I mispronounced a couple words there. Not every day do I read lawsuits. <laughs> what, 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 what words were, were difficult?
2: I, um, I, okay. not
3: that I think I may have, um, uh, prepro- I think it said perpetrating, but I think it's per- pur- proposing. I might have terminate or uh, maybe said that different what, what, what line is that in they're numbered I'm uh and, uh it. it's the last line before number 46 mlw received a letter purporting to terminate purporting um okay. okay
2: so it it might be the case it, it makes it sound like stephanie mcmahon w purely interfered to mitigate a good deal for its competitor um according to one lawyer who I spoke with, it was, it was suggested that it might be the case, depending on how W worded this, that if this happens some, somewhat, like it is alleged to have happened, that maybe W E went to B and said, Hey, we don't want to be associated with this other brand MLW because of X, Y, and Z reason. I mean, you can see there were, there were comments, uh, that, that people saw yesterday, uh, published in the, in the, Toronto star. This is of course related to AEW, not MLW, but, um, I don't know if, if MLW has been particularly violent um, to the extent that AEW has, but they could have plausibly, whether whether they're you know, compelling reasons or not to you and me, they could cite reasons why they wouldn't want their brand to be associated with another brand uh, of sports entertainment like MLW, besides the fact that they're a competitor, um, which might be, might be, a legal business reason. Um, There's the the line in here about uh, deny MLW a time slot that would compete head-to-head with W's NXT programs on Tuesday night. How does a program compete head-to-head if it's on Tubi, if Tubi doesn't have a live stream, doesn't have a linear stream? Mm -hmm. I'm not sure what they're talking about there. Maybe it was going to be released on Tuesday, I suppose. I mean, in the in the case of Roku, um, which now has archival New Japan content, I believe that's released every Friday. Lord knows if anyone's watching it, but I believe that's released every Friday. So maybe it was the release time. And maybe they were arguing that uh, releasing it on Tuesday night would, you know, would compete with NXT. Maybe that's what they're getting at there. Um maybe that was what was being part of what was being raised by Stephanie McMahon to Tubi, if this happened as they describe. Um and uh the the this bit where ultimately she just convinced them to kill the deal altogether. Um it, it almost makes it sound like, and maybe we'll, we'll learn more about what what happened or didn't happen as time goes on here, but uh it almost makes it sound like she went to, she, and she spoke with them under the pretext that she was, she was going to try to have them, uh, dissuade them from allowing NLW to compete with NXT on a, on that sort of head to head basis. And then ultimately just sort of, t- you know, talk them into not doing the deal at all. Um, I know there are, and I don't think we're, we're reading the um, the excerpts that pertain to this today, but I know there are, there. I've, I've heard others who are explaining this lawsuit to their audiences refer to the notion that WWE threatened to pull SmackDown. Uh, that is not explicitly stated, uh, but there there is some mention of they would pull important program or something to that effect. Um, again, how real is any of this? How much of this... Happened as as it is alleged. It is merely an allegation. But um, did DW threaten to pull Fox over an MLW 2B t- deal? That would seem extreme. Uh, I I doubt it happened just like that. But yes, you have something.
3: Here's a theory. <laughs> oh, yeah, if this is true, it's like, just a theory. Tying back to a prediction I had. Yes. Maybe WWE tells Fox that they will not consider 2B as a potential partner in the next day air rights for Mm. raw and SmackDown and NXT when Hulu, when the Hulu agreement ends, because we, as we talked about, that's most likely being negotiated this year.
2: I suppose. I mean, the reason why I'm skeptical about your prediction goal that, that, uh, the next day rights, which are currently owned by Hulu of Ross SmackDown NXT. About the reason why I'm skeptical of that those loaded Tubi is because I, I imagine Tubi, I know Tubi, uh, when, when you look at the Wikipedia page and who knows what it's referencing, maybe it is referencing an SEC filing, but something like 43 million users. Um, I just feel like Tubi's profile is too low to give W the reach that it, that it wants and that it could otherwise get. Um, merely by staying with Hulu, for example, um, Amazon prime is in, you know, most households, I think are Amazon prime mm-hmm. households. Um, or even there's a, there's an obvious synergy in, in putting those rights on Peacock as well. Who knows though? Um, there are, there are more reasons than just reach for making a deal, including, including things like money and payments, but we will see. We should, to, to catch everybody up here, we should be seeing an announcement about where those next day rights are going to land sometime this year, I would think. Um, sometime this year, we should be hearing about that. And I would I would guess that there's, there's a really good chance that those do not stay with Hulu. Um, so there's, there's the Tubi allegations. And like everything else that we're going to talk about here, yes, what?
3: Real quick before we move forward, we do have a couple super chats, but one that ties into this. Uh, um, Raps are uh, asked: Is there an agreement in WWE's deal with Fox that does not allow any Fox media property to engage with a, another wrestling promotion? So maybe somebody missed that, and they're like, "Hey, we have this agreement here."
2: It's possible we don't. We don't know, and then maybe that's something that will be pointed to in whatever WWE's response is. Um, one of the interesting things that's could that could unfold here. And I would think there's a pretty good chance that you know W's not going to settle this easily unless unless MLW does have a great case. Um we might see a lot of discovery. Discovery is uh mm-hmm. these parties bringing forth evidence and documents that will become public. And you've got people like me just wait, waiting, waiting for that stuff to come out and talk about it. Um it's, it's plausible that, that maybe the Fox agreement comes forward. We've never seen um, any of these big TV rights contracts public before. Um, maybe that's something that we see. It's it's possible that that's, that that's part of it. Uh, we shall see.
3: Um, and then this is a general uh, super chat question from our team machine earlier in the uh, chat. He asked, what did you guys watch back in the Money Night Wars, raw or nitro? I was nitro until about 99, <laughs> and then I moved to raw.
2: I I think I was mostly, mostly raw. Um, I mean, I did definitely did watch quite a bit of Nitro too. Um, but it was clear at a certain point that, uh, you know, WF was, was having the, the, the more interesting show and WCW was, was sort of a, uh, a wandering meandering, uh, you know, creative, uh, dysfunction, but, but yeah, it was, uh, I watched them both. I would say I wasn't really into it until about 98 or so. I do remember like watching in 97, uh, Bret Hart getting booed as a, as a heel and, and being really upset about that. Why are people booing Bret Hart? But anyway, anyway, thank you for the super chats.
3: All right. Uh, we'll move on
2: here. And then just real quick. So what, what I'm alluding to uh, you know, a moment ago about, you know, maybe we'll see something has come out here in discovery. You know, a- a- MLW doesn't have any, um, Evidence here yet, um, not that not that they need to to file this complaint. But but if this gets to discovery, what what evidence is there to back any of these allegations up? Are there emails that will be subpoenaed uh, that that MLW will will be able to get to be included a, a, as part of this case? Are there emails between let's say WE and Tubi or Fox that uh, harm W's defense? Uh, that's That's the big question. They will need evidence, and we'll see how far it gets.
0: This post-wrestling podcast is brought to you by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Financial literacy can be daunting, but it's one of the most valuable things you can equip yourself with. On NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast, their trusted financial journalists offer easily digestible, conversational discussions on topics like balancing your portfolio. If you think an ETF is one of Cena's five moves of doom, this show might be for you. Planning for your tax bills this April, so you don't have to worry about a visit from Erwin R. Shyster. And putting away more money for retirement, because unlike most wrestlers at the end of their careers, most of us should only plan on retiring once. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite
1: podcast app. Future you will thank you. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See betmgm.com for terms. Twenty-one plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call one eight hundred Gambler. Promotional offer not available in Washington D.C. Um. So,
2: and and just I wanted to point out to Um. So I went to Social Blade. Social Blade is this, this website where you can see a lot of. Uh, social media analytics, what social blade is doing basically is it's going every day to the about page on, on everybody's YouTube page and counting the number of video views. So if you delete videos, those are subtracted from your video view count that's on your about page. So it will appear as if you have negative views on on, on a day that you deleted a lot of videos. So that's what we have here. Uh, for MLW, where they they went through a, n- a number of uh, dates here, where they have negative uh, video views and where they have you know super abnormally positive video views, which means they probably re-added some videos that were previously made private or you know I'm del- I shouldn't be saying deleted, but they were probably made private or unlisted. And I imagine that they, I'm just guessing here, that they were removing. At least some content from YouTube, from public access on YouTube, because they were making a, a some sort of media deal that was contingent on that. Mm-hmm. So what we see is in March. So this was, this deal is um, said to be, have been made in July. We have the exact date here, back here. Um, to be. On July twenty second, Tubi and MLW entered into an agreement. Uh, so July twenty second, and I don't know that any, any of this really lines up with that. You know, if, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see the line chart, and I've called out various states where the, you know, where the 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 spikes are really high or really low. Um, so maybe in advance of that that deal being made in July, they did re- remove something like four and a half million video views worth of content on May sixteenth. Uh, then they then they removed another million in June on June 10th. They re-added almost a million a few weeks later. Um, they removed another one and a half million on August 3rd, uh, just before this drama with Stephanie is alleged to have happened on August 9th, on or about on or about August 9th. And then in September, on September 6th, perhaps after you know the 2B deal is now out of reach, it was alleged to have been terminated on August 10th. And then September sixth, they re-add six million video views worth of content. But then, sort of recently, it's about two months ago on November fourteenth, they removed another eight million video views. So I don't know. These are just clues about what might be happening in in, in the world of W or of of MLW media deals. Maybe they've removed content again to tr- you know to try to appease a potential business partner.
3: But who knows? We move on to Vice. Yes. And uh, continuing to go through this lawsuit, number 61, as alleged herein, in the spring of 2021, MLW announced that it had an agreement with Vice for the airing of older MLW programs on Vice platforms. At the same time, MLW was negotiating a media rights deal with Vice that would have resulted in an array of MLW programs airing on Vice platforms. Next point, 62, in June 2021. After WWE learned about the growing relationship between Vice and MLW, WWE executive Levinson warned a Vice executive to stop airing MLW programs, saying that Vince McMahon was pissed that Vice was airing MLW content. At the time, WWE knew that Vice needed continue acquiescence, if not cooperation from WWE for purposes of ongoing coverage of professional wrestling, and that This gave WB leverage in discussions with Vice. And the next point here, 63, the Vice Executive responded to Levison: I think that's illegal what you're doing, and that is probably an antitrust violation. Levison responded that she could not control
2: McMahon. Yes, this is is the word you're searching for there. Uh, This doesn't sound like Vince McMahon at all, so this is clearly preposterous, right?
3: I love how, I wonder how many times the word pissed has been used in a lawsuit.
2: Oh, plenty of times, I'm sure.
3: <laughs> it's it's quote, quote unquote pissed.
2: Yeah, I mean I'm sure people have been quoted as being pissed a lot.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay. So I've underlined here on on the on the slide in June 2021 because uh in June 2021 in May on May 26th I reported that uh, Susan Levinson was, was laid off from WWE. I mean, maybe their timeline is not exactly correct here, uh, or maybe she was just in June uh, finishing up her duties. I don't know. Uh, Susan Levinson is the, who we're referring to here is the head of W, was the head of W studios and a senior vice president for WWE. Um, W studios is in LA that that office This was, uh, so she was laid off as part of the consolidation of the TV department and the advanced media group and W Studios. So they felt like they were, they had, you know, they just had redundancy across these three departments that they didn't need. So a lot of people were laid off, some 60 or more, I reported at the time. Um, So who knows what's happening here? Maybe, was this really in June? Was this in May? And it's not not exactly correct on the timing. I don't know. But, but anyway, uh, so what, let's, Let's yeah. You go ahead and read this this last paragraph on uh
3: yeah. Okay, here um yeah. So uh, number uh, you're talking about number sixty four in the suit, correct? Correct. Uh, as a result of Debbie's threats to Vice, Vice stopped engaging in discussions with MLW about an expanded media rights deal. While Vice subsequently aired one MLW program in the fall of 2021, thus was far smaller than the broad media rights deal the parties had been discussing before WB's interference. The media rights deal would have resulted in expanded profits and marketing opportunities for MLW.
2: Yes. So in the case of Vice, uh, what's also mentioned in this uh, suit uh, which which I did not include in the slides is that. So what leverage? Why would why would somebody from WWE be calling Vice and telling them not to make a deal with MLW as is alleged? Um, WWE has no relationship with Vice, right?
3: I mean, not that I know of. Uh, I don't think WWE would probably be a fan of Dark Side of the Ring <laughs> that airs on Vice. But they did allow. They did allow. They did allow with Jerry It's, they did allow.
2: Uh, where, where, where is our friend here? There he is. They did allow Jeremy McDavid to participate in that episode about the steroid trial. Jeremy McDavid, I think, was the this, this star of any of the episodes I, I saw, which are not many of them. But I thought that was an awesome episode. But anyway, um, and I, I think Bruce Pritchard has participated in, in, in these episodes too. Is that correct?
3: Uh, pre WWE, pre WWE. Okay. Well, so
2: what's alleged in this complaint? And 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 is true that A&E, the network A&E, company a e owns 20% of Vice. Apparently, Vice used to be this, uh, like, History Channel 2 or something like that. Does that sound right? You would know something like that, I think. I uh, um, believe so. So, A&E owns, but- owns, a, owns a, a, a stake in in Vice. And in this complaint as well, it is said that A&E owns the majority, a majority stake of Vice's production operation, whatever that means on a cursive google search i couldn't find evidence of that maybe, but maybe that's true uh so AE, does wd have any relationship with AE?
3: yeah that sure recent does. agreement for two programs the biographies and the uh treasures right
2: right so and we don't know if that's if that we're going to get like another season of biographies or hidden treasures or whatever but there was there was at least there was that relationship in 2021 um so you know, maybe there is leverage there because of the ownership that a and e has uh in 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 vice and supposedly vice's uh, production operation uh suffice to say though that the the allegations you know if there's evidence to back it up if there's if there's good evidence to back up that the that the two b story happened the way that it did um I think that's the heart of the case, and these other allegations. I don't know. I'm not so sure about we could also point to and maybe Mick if it will. And I think he already has in a, in a comment that was made to the Observer. I think it was made to the Observer. Uh, I'm not not sure. Sh- not sure sometimes when when the Observer is quoting people originally and when they're referencing. But you could look at, well, maybe maybe Vice had legitimate business reasons to not continue his relationship with MLW. MLW had a flight land special. So MLW had in May reruns, approximately five weeks of reruns on MLW. I don't have ratings data for that. But they did have those. That was old content, old episodes of Fusion. Then in October, after this, this have happened, by the way. But after October, it was just one occasion. They did a, a one-hour special called Flightland uh, on a Thursday night, following an episode of Dark Side of the Ring. We reported at the time it had forty thousand viewers uh, at at ten, so late, where you expect viewership to be lower than it was earlier. Uh, Dark Side that night with the Bruiser Bedlam episode, had 137,000 viewers. MLW Fightland followed it with 40,000. So, we'll uh, point out later, it did not maintain half the audience for what that's worth. Uh, but what I think is more uh, more noteworthy is that the four-week... Uh, what, what did I write here? Without a history of data on Vice, it's hard to evaluate the MLW numbers. However, in the last four weeks... On Thursday at 10 p.m., the average total viewership on Vice, again, at 10 o'clock, in that time slot, four weeks before Flightland aired, the average viewership was 63,000 and 29,000 in the demo. Okay, 63,000 total, 29,000 in the demo. Flightland did 40. Not 63, but 40,000. Okay, but maybe in the demo did better. Well, no. Uh, the four weeks prior... To fight in that time slot did 29,000. 29, fight land did sixteen, so it wasn't like this did great ratings. Now this is a small volume. This is a, a program that did smaller viewership, both both in 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 the case of the fight airing and in the case of whatever was on fight vice before. Um, and maybe there's inaccuracies in 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 the in the Nielsen measurement because the sample is so small. Because we're talking about a program that does not have very high viewership under hundred thousand. It gets it gets. Pretty blurry, I think. Um, but nonetheless, it's not like it obviously did a better than usual rating for Vice in this time slot. Uh, I would expect this to be raised by one Jerry McDivitt in his response. Uh, but moving on to fight.
3: Yeah, we'll move on to fight here. And uh, number 37 uh, in, in lawsuit, paragraph 37, around the same time, fight a streaming service focused on combat sports, approached MLW with a media rights offer that would have paid MLW for providing wrestling programs to fight. MLW immediately agreed to discuss the terms of the deal, but fight then abandoned it. MLW later learned that fight's executive advisor of corporate development, Greg Bernard, was at the same time working for WB as senior vice president of strategy and operations, along with fight's past use of WB content, and WE's ongoing attempts to disrupt MLW opportunities further illustrates WB's dominance and unfair competition in the market. Yes.
2: Um, it doesn't say that. Uh, so this is alleging that uh, senior vice president of strategy and operations at the time, Greg Bernard, who's no longer with WB, by the way, as of, I believe, June, according to his LinkedIn profile. He was, according to this, also working as executive advisor of corporate development, Uh it just leads one to infer, I guess, that there was some sort of interference there that, uh, you know, that because he was an employee of WWE and also working in some capacity, apparently, supposedly, for a fight that maybe pressured – or someone pressured uh fight to not uh, make a deal with MLW. But there's no evidence of that at this point. Maybe there will be later. Um but it, according to this, it further illustrates W's dominance of unfair and unfair competition in the market. Okay. So, again, the the heart of this complaint is is, is the 2B story. And all this other stuff is sort of, you know, they're throwing – throw everything in there and get, get get all your grievances in there, and, and we'll
3: see what, what works. Yeah. I think one thing too that, that that McDivitt will argue for this fight point is the amount of wrestling content that Fight does broadcast that you could consider competition to WWE. They uh, air AEW's international pay per views, like, so not domestically, but globally. They aired Game they Changer air Wrestling, among other things.
2: They air Dynamite and Rampage, right? International.
3: So, you know, they air multiple wrestling programs. Uh, through a ton of promotions on the independent level in AEW, so like I I think this might be the far most far fetched point,
2: but it's not as if all of these points have to be winners, I suppose. Only maybe some or one of them does, anyway. Let's talk about the Sherman Act.
3: You're, you're an AP history student, tell us about it. Yes, uh, the, the Sherman Act, which was. Uh, It came uh, because of Rockefeller and other uh, major business moguls basically gobbling up all their competitors and dominating the markets. But yeah, Section 2 of the Sherman Act – at its core, Section tw- section 2 makes it illegal to acquire or maintain monopoly power through improper means. The longstanding requirement for monopolization is both, one, the possession of monopoly power in the relevant market, and two, the willful acquisition or maintenance of that power as distinguished from growth or development as a consequence of a superior product, business acumen, or historic accident. Mm-hmm.
2: So – that's that's part of the lawsuit here. And uh what MLW is asking for is for uh it to be declared that W has violated section two of the Sherman Act. It has used its monopoly power to uh to harm competitors. The relevant market here is obviously the pro wrestling industry. Um, I think we'll we will see uh you know, we'll, we'll see McDivitt try to undermine that. I wonder if we'll see Jerry McDivitt talk about how how great a competitor. Well, we've got meanwhile, on one hand, we've got Uh, executives downplaying the degree to which AW is a competitor. Um, I wonder if we'll see Jerry McDivitt talk about what a strong competitor AW is and how AW and W are in, you know, in the same business, in the same industry. Um, This would have, you know, it be easier to make an argument like this, that W has market power, has monopoly power. If we were talking about this in 2018, in 2022, yeah. This will be harder to argue when, as this this lawsuit notes, the uh, the you know the eighteen forty nine viewership, for example, between WWE and AEWs, you know, oh it, it, uh, just just this past this just this past week, W&AW had the same demo rating in eighteen forty nine. Dynamo was two thousand viewers off of RAW in eighteen forty nine this week. So,
3: yes, we will we will like all these other things. We'll see how this unfolds. Um, L- let me ask you this, though, for McDivitt. Would it is the better argument that, hey, we're not in the professional wrestling business, we're a sports entertainment company, or, hey, we're not a monopoly, we have all this great competition?
2: I don't think they can deny that they're in the in the, the wrestling business. or um, Because they're go- going to want to say you know, uh, things like, hey, look, all these other companies, AEW made a media deal. Why can't you? Uh, there's all these other wrestling companies that are on fight. Why can't you be on fight? Uh, maybe we could have interfered with uh, dark side of the ring, but, uh, yep. Jeremy, McDivitt cooperated. <laughs> um, yeah, I think to, to, uh, undermine MLW's argument, they sort of have to, uh, acknowledge that there are other wrestling players in the world and they
3: are similar to those players in some way. Okay. All right. Um, so we'll move on to more paragraphs here. Uh, uh, paragraph number 69, WWE's predatory efforts to prevent MLW from broadcasting its licensing programs on media platforms such as Vice TV and Tubi were done with specific intent to attempt to monopolize the relevant market in violation of Section 2 of the Sherman Antitrust Act. Uh, number 70, WWE is the dominant competitor in the market. WWE's dominance and high barriers to entry in the market and give it ability to control prices and exclude competition in the market. And uh, number 71, Deterby's unfair business practices include, among other things, cutting off com- competitors' access to viewers and licensing opportunities, interfering with contracts, poaching talent, eliminating price competition, and misappropriating and attempting to misappropriate confidential information of its competitors. As a result of Didderby's anti-competitive conduct, Didderby is unlawfully restrained and undermined competition, thus maintaining and building its dominance of the relevant market and threatens a dangerous probability of success at monopolizing the relevant market.
2: Mm-hmm. They've almost won the Monopoly board game. Uh, I should have had you read this first before we discussed the, uh, the Sherman Act. Is, is, there, is there a motorcycle parade happening outside your house right now? I was wondering if you could hear that. I'm pretty sure my <laughs> wife is making smoothies. I'm so sorry. That's okay, okay. <laughs> no, fine. Yeah, I don't know if the listeners can hear it, but I can hear it. Uh, so uh, let's, let's move on to, to the next slide where we talk about the, the alleged poaching that W is doing of talent, of, of MLW's fighters, as they call them.
3: Yeah. Uh, paragraph 79, as described here in the WWE has a history of attempting to unfairly compete against MLW in 2020. WWE attempted to poach MLW's talent and aired footage of one of MLW's fighters without authorization or consent. WWE has also attempted to induce MLW's wrestlers to breach their contracts and reveal confidential and propriety information about MLW's business.
2: Yes. So. I don't know what what fighters they're they're referring to. Can you think of any fighters who have left MLW recently and have gone to WWE?
3: I cannot. Hmm. I mean, man, maybe I'm missing something like uh I mean, I know some that have gone to AEW, but did
2: did uh did Harry Smith go he was working for MLW and then
3: WWE? Um yeah, that's still there. Yeah, that would be the only one I could think of, but who knows. Um, so that's, that's
2: everything from the complaint itself that we're going to talk about. Um, so again, this complaint came out this past Tuesday night, uh, MLW had a press release ready to go because I I think this is, this is not just a lawsuit. Certainly it is a lawsuit, but it is also, I think a branding opportunity for MLW. So, uh, we have a press release that went out Tuesday night with Quotes, uh, basically a really brief summary of the uh, lawsuit, and then uh, a quote from MLW's CEO, Court Bauer.
3: WWE has been wrongfully depriving its competitors of critical opportunities for many years, but its latest conduct has been even more unconscionable, said MLW CEO, Court Bauer. I think we speak for the rest of the professional wrestling world when we say that this anti competitive behavior has to stop. Yes. So
2: there's that. And then we've got. In The Observer, I think original quotes from Jerry
3: McDivitt. I have not seen the full lawsuit since WB has not been served, said Jerry McDivitt the, uh, the day after the story broke. If Tubi breached, then sue Tubi as the vice. Tubi has no commercial relationship with them uh, or any or for any, for that matter, uh, any other dozens of content distribution entities LLW WLW could do, deal with if they had a commercially viable product. They put a show on vice. If my memory serves me correctly, after one of those dark side shows and lost most of the audience. I think I read they got 40,000 viewers. Uh, no wonder vice did no further deal. Yes.
2: So the complaint alleges that the, um, the Levitson call happened in June, the 40,000 viewers fight special is in October. I'm sure there will be debate about that. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm. Uh, I'm looking forward to the, to the responses here. Um, I think WWE or MLW is definitely treating this as a branding opportunity, though, to sort of rally wrestling fans, many of whom have negative feelings about WWE. Uh, and and I, as we just demonstrated, and I've demonstrated a number of times, uh, the popularity of WWE has diminished over the last five years or so. I think that's a, that is a fair statement. It's a statement. that's an argument that I've made a number of times with data. Um, so there's there's. Diminishing popularity, WWE, There is a lot of wrestling fans' sentiment of dissatisfaction with WB. I think if, without that, you don't have an AEW. By the way, um, so I think MLW is using this as an opportunity to brand itself as this kind of anti-WWE alternative. So they had they had the press release ready to go. So um, who is defending? MLW. We know this. It's, it's probably we don't know this for sure. It's probably gonna be Jerry McDivitt from k l Gates. By the way, as, as I, I used to think, Jerry McDivitt is not. I don't think he has ever been a WWE employee. He is. He is merely the uh, the the attorney of choice. He is. Uh, he works for k l Gates, but he has always been the. Uh, he's often been the lawyer who defends uh, WWE in its various uh, lawsuits. So, who's defending or who's? I'm not defending. Who's representing? Um. MLW here. Well, this is being litigated in California. So we need a California lawyer. And then who's signing this uh, complaint is Jason S. Takanuchi from cassowitz Benson Torres. And uh, also signing this complaint is Mark E. Cassowitz. With pro vice forthcoming, this means he's probably not a you know certified lawyer in California, but he's uh, he's he's applying for pro hac vice, which will allow him to temporarily, I believe, uh, you know, practice law in California, as well as Christine A. Montenegro, who, j- judging by her promo photos, one of the scariest people I've ever seen. Um, <laughs> m- many many intimidating lawyers here for Caswitz Benson Torres, and but, but so who is who is, Mark Casswitz? Are you familiar with this person,
3: Chris Cole? Do you have do you have acquaintances We're familiar? With yeah, him. I have acquaintances that, that are familiar with him. Uh, he is uh, He has defended the former president of the United States, Donald Trump.
2: He has He has been a, a longtime uh, legal representative of Donald J. Trump Jr. Right? Uh, he has defended Trump in bankruptcy in divorce. In Russia collusion, I mean, who who, you know, everybody's gone through bankruptcy, divorce, and Russia collusion. So, you know, those three things. Uh, He resigned as uh, as Trump's uh, lawyer in the in the Russia collusion case in July 2017. Shortly after, there were I don't know if that this was cause and effect here, but it coincided with with the timing of threatening emails from him being published by ProPublica, where he's using profanities and so forth. So he, he. has some issues, apparently. Um, but but Casswitz is, is a big uh, Republican donor and Trump donor. Uh, we can see his FEC record from the last several years where he's donating to Trump victory into the Republican National Committee and to Tim Scott, who's a Republican uh, senator. Um, so he's a, he's a big uh, political contributor, including to Trump and Republican causes. Do we know anyone else in the world who comes to mind in, in wrestling on conversations? Who is a big Trump supporter? organizer, contributor to Republican causes. Anyone come to mind here?
3: That would be one Linda McMahon.
2: Oh, Linda McMahon, who served in the cabinet for for Donald Trump uh, in the first half of his presidency as the small business administrator. I've got the uh, the memorable picture of Vince and Linda and Donald uh, in the White House, in the Oval Office. Um, so is there – but but nonetheless, Cassowitz, who's been a Trump associate, is, is suing WB. I mean, Linda's not, I mean, Linda has uh, no uh, in, employment with, with WB anymore. She, she still does own over half a million shares in WB, which is, and, and she does have class B shares. So she has some voting control. Of course, Vince has the vast majority of that voting control. something like 80%. Um, but Linda owns a lot of stock in WB. Um, she's, she's behind Stephanie in, in terms of the number of shares, but she's, other than financial institutions, he's probably the number three holder of shares Well, for what this is worth. I don't know, but what's, what's been happening with kasowitz lately? Well, you can see in the Washington post in September, um, Kaswitz was, uh, serving as uh, an attorney for Trump in an answer in a defamation suit, uh, related to Mary Trump. Uh, but he dropped out reasons. The Washington post did not know, did not know why, uh, and this is a story about Trump getting a, a new lawyer in the case. Um, and then in in December, there is this story about another billionaire named Isaac Perlmutter. His wife, Laura Perlmutter, is suing the Caswitz firm, Caswitz Benson Torres, uh, for what she called frivolous claims made against the couple in their decade-long spat with a neighbor in a swanky Florida condominium complex. Um, so we have... One billionaire, billionaire's wife, Laura Perlmutter, suing the Casswitz the firm. Uh, we have Casswitz dropping out of a Trump case for what reason? Who knows? Could be innocuous. Uh, is a, is there trouble afoot here? There's also what is the story about this Canadian businessman? Um, so, who is Isaac Perlmutter? He is the head of Walt Disney's Marvel unit. Um, mm-hmm. The Casswitz firm spent years. Unsuccessfully trying to prove, according to this article from Bloomberg, unsuccessfully trying to prove Laura Perlmutter and her husband, uh, Isaac, used a hate mail campaign to tarnish the reputation of millionaire Canadian businessman Harold Peeringboom, if that's how you pronounce it, his name, uh, in a feud over tennis courts. So is is there trouble in Trump world that maybe there's some sort of rift here, maybe between Kaswitz and ultimately Linda? There's no evidence of that but one could speculate uh but who knows what we we've, we've got here is MLW which is not uh a huge company it does have investors which we'll talk about but MLW is not a huge company has a a lawyer in in Mark Casswitz and and his firm who, who knows if it's if it's Casswitz himself who will be writing the arguments but we, so, there's certainly two other attorneys who are signing this complaint uh Jason Takanuchi and Christine Montenegro so uh one would think that the services of Casswood's Benson and are very expensive if they're being used by people like Donald Trump. Uh, we also have not mentioned yet that Casswood's has defended Bill O'Reilly through his sexual harassment uh, allegations. So so either Casswoods is taking this on contingency, which means MLW is not paying very much up front, and Cass the Casswood's firm will collect what 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 monetary gains uh they make if they are if there is a judgment in their favor, um, or or maybe LW is just paying for it. I don't know whether they, you know it's it sounds like this would be really expensive for a company of their scale though to have their services. Uh, at a minimum though, this Caswitz firm, which is a, a very uh, high profile law firm, probably believes that there's a, a strong case here on MLW's side. Um, maybe too, Casswitz is noticing that in October. W made a settlement with uh, the the class class action lawsuit uh, that was related to the Saudi Arabia uh, MENA TV rights deal. Um, w settled in that case to the tune of three point six five million dollars with shareholders. So basically, if you're if you were a shareholder between a certain period, um, the class period, you were entitled to a certain amount of money per share that you held during that period. Uh, w is not actually paying anything, anything directly because of the settlement, but their insurance is going to cover it. Um, the reason why you try to avoid settling is because it sends a message that if you come and sue us, we might settle. Maybe, uh, maybe the lawyers are smelling blood here. W has shown that they're willing to settle. The reason why they settled could be in this case in the, in the, uh, the media TV rights deal, by the way, it's just to just back up and explain what we're talking about here. The media TV rights deal Uh in the Barrios era, a couple of years ago, WBE missed its financial guidance. Basically, they told investors that, hey, we're gonna we're gonna hit a certain amount of profitability for the year. They ended up missing on that because that was contingent on their ability to complete a Middle East-North Africa TV deal. That TV deal did not get completed, still to this day has not been completed. WBE was in negotiation with MBC Middle East Broadcasting Company, I believe is what that stands for, which is a company that as a result of the Riyadh shakedown, uh, shortly after uh, Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman came to power, the Saudi government owns the majority of that company. Um, However, there's there's a company not called Quibi. I forget what it's called. Be out Q, something like that. uh, That is pirating W content, which is. I believe funded by the Qatari government. And they're sort of trolling the Saudi government by allowing this uh, be out queue to, to be out there and pirating ver- various content. So anyway, the incentive for NBC to make a favorable deal with WWE is not high considering it sounds like you can get access to the, to this pirated content already uh, in the region. So W never made a deal here with NBC or any other Middle East, North Africa TV partner. Now they could have fought this case harder this class action uh, lawsuit so and this class action lawsuit was uh, filed because the argument is that shareholders were misled about profitability uh, when they they should have you know they were misled and they should have had more information disclosed to them. Um, so W settled probably rather than let this case go to discovery where there would be sensitive documents related to the relationship between WWE and Saudi Arabia uh, would be disclosed. Um, The, the, the complaint alleges all sorts of things about uh, everything from the, the, the talent being stranded in Riyadh uh, that story in October, 2019, I believe is, is, that was not February, 2020, right? That was October, 2019. Um, There's allegations in that lawsuit that there was some sort of disagreement between Vince McMahon and Mohammed bin Salman, uh, you know, that would have had to have been backed up by by evidence and that would have had to go, go through discovery. And who knows if there's any truth to that or not. But W did not want to allow documents or other evidence related to that case to be publicized. So rather than do that, let's let our insurers pay just over three and a half million dollars. So after that happens, maybe maybe Caswitz smells blood Um. Is there a, a, a Trump connection here? Is there a Linda connection here or a Rift with Linda? I don't know. But uh, who owns MLW? Uh, this, is, this is an old article that's almost four years old now. But a 2018 article in the Albany Business Review on bizjournals.com. Uh, it does a profile on MLW and it refers to uh, seven investors at that time. Uh, who, who at that time had invested roughly $1 million uh, in, in those investors included uh, Kevin O'Connor, who was named as the former CEO of First Light Fiber, uh, Hermes Ames, 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 the former president and CEO of Upstate New York Region of Fleet National Bank, uh, a then 21-year-old investor named Christian Fontenot, a- and others who Corpower uh, met through uh, Bobby Henne's who was a producer, maybe still is, I don't know for MLW, who is the son of Bob Henne's apologies. If I'm not pronouncing these names correctly, uh, who, who is the partner of a, a managing director of an investment advisory company called Hugh Johnson advisors in Albany. Uh, Bob also serves or served at least as the board chairman. He is not an investor according to the article. And the article says that quote, the bulk of the financing is still from the Albany region. They're open to accepting more, uh, also plausible, what I'm getting to here is that also plausible that maybe one of these investors has a connection to Kaswitz. And uh and through that connection, Casswitz is representing them in this case. That is also plausible. Uh although not as intriguing, perhaps, as Trump world
3: drama. So I think there's all those real, things. Yeah. Real quick, uh, when it comes to Trump world drama, um, and, and this is Wikipedia, so take it for what it's worth, but according to the Casswitz Wikipedia, uh, him and his spouse have donated to the Republican burning Trump's campaign, but they've also donated to Barack Obama, Joe Biden, Chuck Schumer and Harry Reid.
2: Yeah, that, that appears to be well in the past. This is what we have here on the screen are all of his contributions that yeah, show up yeah. in the FEC record from September, late September 2017 and onward. And they all appear to be Republican associated or Trump for what it's worth. But well, whatever. I mean, who knows why people donate what money they do uh, but uh, or if they they change their political affiliation over time but yeah, that that's I think that's all the information I have about the um, the MLW suit um, if anyone has any questions if you have any questions or anything any any other lines of, uh, of thought you want to you want to raise here
3: go for it. Um, just one thing I saw in the, the chat is a couple of people brought about the prospective talent could have been Shane Strickler and Matt Riddle, but they both signed before 2020. And I've been was doing some research while you were doing that. I can't find anybody from MLW other than Harry Smith that would have signed in the 2020 timeframe. He wasn't signing a lot of people in 2020. Part
2: of what's alleged in the complaint, too, is that. They signed people, but all, it's almost contradictory. They signed people, and they also would not sign people who worked for MLW, you know, so, to sort of like block them out. But,
3: yeah, who knows? Anything else for this week? Nothing else. Nothing else from my end. Uh, we are all caught up in super chats too. So, cool. Thank you, thank
2: you to everyone for your generous super chats. We appreciate that a lot. Um, there weren't any really big stories this week. As I'm as I'm scanning my brain, I know we already referred to the Toronto Star story, which I think, you know, I think we've covered it enough by sort of mentioning it in passing. Um, But yeah, uh, I did. I did the uh, the Thursday live TV ratings talk already. If you want to hear about TV ratings for the past week, that is on the Russellomics YouTube channel, which you may be listening to uh, us through right now. Um, That is already out there. Uh, the audio is out there for patrons as well. Uh, please hit the thumbs up, like share and subscribe. That helps people find uh, this YouTube channel. Uh, and again, new merchandise, new mugs, new t-shirts. First time there's ever been t-shirts, by the way, for wrestling since history. There have been mugs. We have some mugs already, but this, this is big t-shirts again, store.postwrestling.com should be available right now. Um, there's a wrestling channel on the post wrestling discord that you can participate in. We thank uh post wrestling for for supporting us and distributing this podcast as always. And uh what's new with you, Chris Cole?
3: You can uh catch up on all the previous podcasts in RTI Pod. Uh, we did a nice deep dive uh in the NWA uh between uh 2017 recently, as well as the ring of honor, CCW war. And uh, we're working on our next uh, topic, which will be out later this month. So check us out. RTI pod on Twitter, rediscovering Indies these on Instagram and Facebook.
2: And uh, as always, you can subscribe. If you're not already subscribed, $5 a month to patreoncom slash you get my TV ratings reports that come out nearly every day. You get access to the Russell viewership spreadsheet. You get access to the audio of the live TV ratings talk. And you can follow us on Twitter at Brandon Thurston at Russell at Chris glow. At
0: RTI Pod, and uh, we will talk to everyone next time. Thanks for listening. Bye.